0: Castle Black, so this is the seat of the Night's Watch.
1: And welcome, internets, to Castle Black, the blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all of the realms. This is Tatiana King Jones, the first of her name. Here with my guy,
0: Lord Benha of the Means, butcher of names, the anti-trife equation, voice of the urban keep, catch him the hash, blurborn.
1: Oh, look at you all prepared. You, you know, what? look,
0: I really need somebody to announce my name so I don't forget. Like boy with no shame, begon oh, Tom- barbarian. Somebody-
1: you mean you don't want Lord Davos to play you? Like, oh, nah, just- nah
0: nah nah i need somebody who like danny got you know who will list them all i need my sunday
1: and we have one yep. more member of the team that has yet to announce herself it is your friendly neighborhood deadly diva aka the most dangerous woman in Dorne, aka i drink and i know things aka 50 shades of grayscale
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's all i got because ben shamed me earlier with all those aka's well hey, shit i'm gonna know. put in my other one in there lord of lightsabers okay okay hey. okay
0: okay there it is Dennis, there you it ain't is.
1: gonna shame me
0: i mean lord anyway, ben well, of the means has to represent I,
1: i'm sure i'm sure but guys we are back i know y'all have been missing us we've been missing you and i know that you're happy to hear and talk with us about game of thrones as you know season seven has left the building. It's been many, many weeks since then, and I know you guys are just dry trying to figure out what do we do next. We talked to each other. We thought about it. we like, you know what? We need to recap season seven. This has been quite a wild ride this season, and there's only one more season left, which we have to wait, what, another year and a half for? I'm not really happy about that. I don't know about you guys. Well, considering that what is it six episodes at about 90 minutes a piece they're putting together six movies for us and they actually have to wait until winter a- arrives because they don't want to have to you know pay for the seasons the way they're paying for the dragons ah this is true look at you with the logic <laughs>
0: and also considering that all the book readers have been waiting like what 30 years for another book you know i think you know a year and a half i don't give that a fuck bad.
1: I ain't reading no book, and I'm still not reading a book. You know why? Because we have Diva. She is the encyclopedia. What? What? What is it now? There is no Encyclopedia Britannica anymore, is there? Or is there an equivalent, Wikipedia? She is the human Wikipedia when it comes to Game of Thrones, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I try, but I have a feeling someone's gonna come from my title <laughs> if I fuck this up today. <laughs> No, I don't think you're going to fuck it up because what we're going to do is we are going to go through each of the episodes and give you guys a quick recap. And also we're going to teach you some things because there's a lot of stuff in these episodes where when you watch them again, you pick up things you didn't see before. Or in the case of D.Va, if you read the book, there's a lot of stuff that was in the books that's not an episode or vice versa. And it opens up a door for you to really learn more about the characters, learn more about the writing and the direction of the shows. So are you guys ready? Of course I was born ready Let's do it We are starting with Episode 1 Dragonstone So In this episode You have one of the Coldest openings ever It has the cold opening With Arya poisoning The rest of House Frey Let me say this is one of the Coldest moments In the entire season Not like Hands down One of the coldest moments Tell me what you guys Think about this I'm gonna go a little bit higher than that and say this may be one of the coldest things we've seen in the entire series period Oof. like I want to think back over the last seven seasons and I don't know if there's been if there's been a death scene like this satisfying since I'm like not Joffrey not Ramsey like this really when you think about when you think back to what like Walder Frey did to House Stark man fuck him so you put the <laughs> <laughs> you put the killing of House Frey above Ramsay Bolton, really above above Joffrey. Here's the thing: I'm like, if Walder Frey didn't betray House Stark, we wouldn't have a Ramsay Bolton. Ramsay mm. Bolton became Ramsay Bolton after the Red Wedding. True, 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 true. Well, what about you, Ben? Do you feel like it, it's up there, or do you feel like it's above all the others? I still put Ramsay number
0: one. I'm sorry. Yeah, nothing tops Ramsay get eaten by dogs. I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I was thinking about Sansa's little smirk at the end of that. And it just (sighs) makes my day every time. Just that little, just the tiniest of smirks as she walks away.
1: I always imagine after she smirks, she says, bitch, nigga. Like, she just (laughs) (laughs) I always imagine that. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You you guys are all caught up on Ramsay getting fed to his dogs. Let's not forget that that Arya fed Walder's sons to him. (laughs) Okay, Okay? I'm like, this this beast of dogs eating Ramsay. Arya killed his sons, ground them up, and had a whole speech about, you know, when he's like, where are my sons? He's like, you know, they were kind of hard to subdue. You know, they were hard (laughs) to get into the pie. And he looks at the pie and realizes that he's been eating his sons.
0: My name is Arya Stark. I want you to know that the last thing you're ever going to see is a stark smiling down at you as you die.
1: She gave him that two for a dollar McDonald's apple pie, son.
0: <laughs> Delicious. For a hot apple pie with that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> ice cream machine's still broken. But
0: back, mm, yeah. yes.
1: Hold up, but hold on. That that hold on okay, right. Diva. Hold on, but this is one of those places where the show deviated from the book. Because in mm. the book, mm. Walder Frey still does get fed his sons. However, <laughs> in the book, it's the theory that um one of his bannermen, um Wyman Manderley, um uh-huh. killed three Freys, Rhaegar, um, Sigmund, and Jared, who disappeared, who happened to disappear when they were are on you the Are you laughing race at their names, I mean?
0: You say what? Hmm? What did you say? Like,
1: ben I mean, are you laughing at their names?
0: oh no 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 why would i be doing that (laughs) (laughs) it's nothing like dick on or anything
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god that poor baby (laughs) no but he he was a um lord Manderly fed um walder his sons um at the wedding feast for ramsey bolton at winterfell so slightly different but either way walder's eating his kids
0: That's like the most fucked up destiny ever, right there. (laughs) (laughs) Like all, out of all the things they changed from the book, like for real, you like, I mean, you can't change that for my man. No matter what, son, you gonna eat them kids. Mm, I can make another joke there, but I'm gonna move on. I
1: was Uh, gonna say, like, ooh, this is getting too close, and it's like I don't want, I don't want to do that. You gave the layup, I don't want to take it. But (laughs) uh, okay, so anyway, also in this episode. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, hey! Wrong show, wrong, wrong show. <laughs> also, in this episode, it's it's several revelations that come to light Several great big things that happen. Bran and Mira, the girl he later plays her life on, he they make it back to the wall. Jon and Sansa F- Sansa fight about whether the houses should keep their lands and bend the knee. And also, this is when the house sees the vision of the White Walkers in the flames.
0: Okay, right, real quick. Can we just talk about how bend the knee has entered the lexicon of like <laughs> urban dictionary and yes. everything?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, let's talk about that. And I love that. Thank you very
0: much for that. I, I don't purpose. know
1: if I'm ready for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, we were talking about eating kids, but I don't even mean in that way. I just mean like bend the knee, you know, yeah, like, like
1: like bow down. It's the new bow down. Bow
0: down. down. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. I'll take that. Bend I'll take, knee. take that. Yeah, there no, we I'm go. Like That's all I want to say.
1: Because yeah. it's also wild, disrespectful to the person you're saying it to, because they <laughs> could take it. It has technically the double entendre, so they could take it both ways and feel wild, disrespected. And I love it. And and one thing I would say I love about Game of Thrones is besides the these little quips is that they're yes they're entering a lot of phrases and words into the general lexicon, but they're also giving you some great snaps for people like. You like you you learn so much from the shit that like Arya be saying, Arya really be talking about people's life and like just taking a life away with three words. And this happens throughout each episode. And we're gonna get into that as we go along. But yes, this episode the bigger thing that happened was the Hound all of a sudden finding God or finding Jesus because he saw he had his vision in the flames. What was that whole thing about? Now, is that something that's also in the books, uh, uh, Dava? No, because the last that we see, that we think we see of the Hound, um, he's um, kind of like a a gravedigger type of individual. He's kind of redeeming himself.
0: Okay, he's an Undertaker?
1: You, not an Undertaker, but... Um, I don't want to. I don't want to miss because I don't actually have the 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 quote. That's alright. But um, after Arya leaves him for dad, um, he's found. Um, do you remember the character, the the gentleman who was kind of like a preacherish type figure that gets killed, um, and the Ian hound doesn't Shane's take it very character. well. Yeah. Yeah. He changed character. Yeah. So yeah. that character finds oh, that yeah. finds the hound and pretty much you know sets him on kind of a road to redemption. So he's kind of doing manual labor for this man. And, but it's not very clear in the books whether that is in fact the hound, but the assumption is that that's who it is. So he kind of, he kind of finds the Lord, but not in this way. I really think it's kind of fucked up to have the person who's afraid of fire see visions and flames. Also, in this episode, we get our first introduction into the supposed bigger villain than Ramsey, Euron. To me, he was just a puff of smoke this season i didn't see what made him so such a big villain and oh you're gonna hate me more than, than him like nah son you are all right
0: i mean i can't say i was disappointed because i was really happy that he didn't live up to ramsey or anyone because i was tired of you know somebody torturing somebody to death or doing some really evil shit that i didn't That's need so to watch but he was definitely the biggest disappointed and that actor taught so much mess about how it was to be so live and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And he was to be more evil than Ramsay. And you were going to hate him more than Ramsay. And it's like, not really.
1: It was like right. that. Like, he had some some nice lines here and there. He did some funny stuff. But he was just more like, like Starscream. Like, he was the funny underling bad guy, not the main. The main is Cersei to me. And mm-hmm. there was no one contending her in that arena whatsoever so i still was a bit disappointed mainly because like you said he talked the actor talked big shit about what Euron was supposed to be and again Euron really just played a star screen role to me unless what he's talking about is his long game because there has there has to be something coming up for him in season eight because they Mm -hmm. barely showed him but they had him do pretty significant things you know he well, we'll get to that in a bit, you know, where he pretty much breaks up Danny's alliance, he recaptures his niece. Um, and when he comes in, he basically, you know, offers himself offers up his fleet and his body to Cersei. But the funny thing is, he is, is that he's such a hoe. He's such a hoe. But the funny thing is, like in You're the books. A hoe. He is. But in the book Oh, for real in the books, he's a hoe too? Oh yeah, he's a hoe too. Like he has a he has a salt wife, which is basically like a common law wife. Um and this woman is pregnant with his child, and she really believes that he's gonna like do right by her, but he hasn't done right by anybody like he doesn't do right by anybody um can't- to the point where like his his crew like his ship is called oh. a silence because he rips the tongues out of his crew members, so they can't talk wow
0: oh that that made him a lot worse than he was in the show yeah. but one thing that I've read about while I've been you know getting ready for castle black was the fact that Danny had a dream about Euron where she dreamed that his she dreams um, of like a
1: squid on like she dreams of like his house sigil yeah
0: oh that wasn't the part I was gonna mention oh, wait, I was gonna mention the part wait that she wait dreams. wait
1: wait you're telling me Danny had a tentacle porn dream no oh, no no this is not outlaw oh, bars wait. we are not doing that <laughs> This is some animation wait 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 no hold on it wasn't the, it wasn't wait, wait, wait. Danny. No, 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 it was someone it was um it was one of the many seers that comes in, comes in contact with her who has a dream of like a like the like a squid uh, like approaching or something of that nature which is to book readers a reference to Euron Greyjoy because he promises that he's going to take over Westeros using dragons
0: <laughs> and mm-hmm. and he
1: sends his brother and the iron fleet to find Danny and to court her and to bring her and the dragons back to Westeros. So the fact that we when we get introduced to him that he's basically trying to climb into Cersei's bed seems a little odd to me when I know that his initial intention was to get Danny.
0: And not only that, okay, this is what I read at least. I read that Danny had a dream about him where she dreamed that his penile regions were cold as ice and because of that he's supposed to be the person in the books. That um eventually becomes the Night King instead of that weird ass theory that's going around the internet about brand becoming the Night King.
1: I hate that theory, by the way. Like, yeah, I'm sure well, in the book get it makes a lot more details. sense. I'm intrigued by the, it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I hate it. I the the, I, the I, book I it makes more sense. Uh, because in the book, the Night King isn't the same creation that he is in the show. Like, he comes from right. being a person. And so it's like Euron is supposed to be the new version of that, but yeah, he's not that in the show. He's quite suspect. Jesus, so I'm just mad. My man has cold as ice. You know, that's that's something else. So,
1: ugh, oh yeah.
0: Anyway, moving
1: on. <laughs> moving on. By the end of the episode, Danny shows up on Dragonstone, and she's so happy to be in her motherland, which brings us to episode two, Stormborn, where we see. Mr Kendall himself get it in or we don't we assume they got it in but um they got it in in a different way right miss Sande? yeah <laughs> I like that oh my God <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm so juvenile but like I well, love them anyway I love Miss I love great worm and I love that they decided to do what works for them that's there that's what they do as a couple
0: gotta get them kids in your mouth once again <laughs> um, gotta work with what you got uh, i fully understand my man you know to the
1: same school (sighs) you know
0: gotta work with what you got
1: i can't (laughs) i'm sorry but anyway after that happened there's a lot of really 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 effed up shit happening to the sand snakes and i know this really upset you diva okay listen and me listen here listen here they should have never gone out. I will say this again, the way that they did. These young women were the daughters of Oberyn Martel.
0: Mm-hmm. When I tell you that
1: Oberyn trained his daughters, like all of his daughters were forces to be reckoned with. He made sure of it. Like Obara is a fierce fighter. Nymeria in that whip should have decapitated plenty of folks. say, And we have... What? I keep forgetting we only have three here. Three out of eight damn daughters. You gotta be kidding me. Uh. So wait, let's talk about the Dornish for a minute, because you said in the books it's eight, of, eight them. of them. Are they all like it's like an army of them? Are they all the same age? No. Okay, so Oberyn has eight daughters born to five different women. Nice. Shit. Listen, remember, remember eight. the yes. Dornish are very I, open. You. They're very open with regards to sexuality. They don't have the same hang-ups that the, the rest of westeros has mm-hmm. so obara who's oh. the oldest um her mother was a whore from old town nymeria um hey, hey that's
0: that's wild, disrespectful why she gotta be all that <laughs>
1: because that's who she <laughs> is i'm like that's the thing that's, that's who, who she, she is. is
0: her mother was calling her
1: <laughs> you damn whore, whore from, from old that. town <laughs> <laughs> bend the knee <laughs> So um, Nymeria, who um, I lovingly call Lady Nim, um, her her mother was a Valentine noblewoman. Tyene, uh-huh. um, her mother was a septa. You know, those nun chicks? Yeah. Oberyn got oh, one of them, the too. shame woman? <laughs> oh. Yes. And then there's a fourth um, sand snake by the name of Sorella, who um, is the daughter of a trader from the Summer Isles, which means that Sorella is a black woman because the Summer Isles are where all the black people are. Right. That's where that one pirate guy was in like season one or season two. Yeah, from the Summer Isles. So if someone's from the Summer Isles, they are a black person. So Oberyn, down with all the swirls. And then Alaria has four little girls. Elia, Obella, Doria, and Lareza. Those are her four daughters. So four of them are with Alaria, and the other four are with random women from God knows where. From wherever. From wherever. But,
0: or some old town. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, Because there's this, this really great anecdote about Oberyn going to um, Obara's mother and going to get his kid because what Oberyn does that Robert Baratheon never did was he took care of his bastards. So he goes there mm. and he basically tells Obara choose your weapon. He throws like a, a spear in front of her. He's like this spear or your mother's tears. Obara picks up the spear and leaves.
0: Mm, that's straight up from... Um... That's got to be a shout out to uh, the killer. I mean, not even the killer. Yeah, it is the killer. It's when, uh, no, it's not the killer. It's from Lone Wolf and Cub basically, but I can't remember the name of the movie where they do it in. It's this karate flip that Raekwon samples. I mean, the genius samples when he says, choose the ball or choose the sword. And he's like, you choose your ball, you join your mother in death because this is the samurai telling his son, like his mother's been killed. So you got to either you know, roll with me and choose the sword. And he's like, you know, he's a baby. And he's like, You don't understand my words, but you must choose. Mm-hmm. And the little baby crawls to the sword. Yeah. So he takes him with him.
1: Oh wow. That's mm-hmm. dope. I like that. So that's a Oh, dope it's a
0: classic. Thing. It's uh, the genius oh, first album, Liquid Swords. It uses the whole movie and I can't damn it, I cannot remember the name, but it's from this uh manga, Lone Wolf and Cub.
1: No, but wow. no, but here's even better thing, and you will be madder when you find out that you didn't get the fourth Sand Snake, is Sorella, mm. um, is a bit rebellious as all of Oberon's daughters are. So when they're talking in Dorne about her, they're like, oh, she's off in the Citadel playing one of her games. Because there is a, um, what are those people call A maester in training called Aurelis, which happens to be Sorella backwards, studying at the Citadel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the so the assumption among book readers is that Aurelis is actually Sorella dressed up as a man learning to be a maester at the citadel i'm like so if they had introduced her like you could have her she's at the citadel the same time that sam is oh they could so they could have definitely put her in the damn show they could have put her in there they could have they could have closed the loop they could have found a way to you know revitalize Dorn. but hey benioff and weiss (laughs) don't love us so whatever no they don't love dorn for sure they don't give a fuck about dorn so all this you're saying to me is oberon was basically diddy like he has kids with all these different people but they all he makes sure that he takes care all of them and They and all them. come up to their empires those. yes oh, wow that's that's dope that's dope so once so so that's thank you for sharing that information because i did not realize he had that many children But um, with the disappointment of what's happened with the Sand Snakes, they got ambushed by Euron, and and then eventually most of them killed, unfortunately. Um, Jorah got cured of (sighs) greyscale. Bran returned back to Winterfell, and Arya learned that Jon is king of the North.
0: I'm glad we all had that same reaction to Jorah being cured of greyscale, because that was just yet (laughs) another thing that just wasted time this season. And in the (laughs) end, it's like... You know, Jorah returns. Jorah gets played again. Again. You know. like, who could have seen this I mean, You know, like so. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's true. Like, I would have preferred what Diva has said about introducing that new character versus seeing Jorah just come through with more back on his bullshit. Like it, it it didn't add anything <laughs> to it. I didn't think he was going to die in the first place. I know they said, well, Grayscale is basically your death center. You're going to become one of the stone men. But I'm just like, so what? He's going to be throwing Grayscale at people. Like, who cares? But anyway, um, after Arya learned about John being king in the north, John decides he's going to leave Winterfell for Dragonstone so he could say what up to Danny and, and supposedly get her help. And you saw, <laughs> we all know how that went, at least initially. Yeah, because Danny loves saying bend the damn knee. Right. I'm like, but. And during that time.
0: <laughs> Who does it? During,
1: <laughs> during that time, once John is gone, he has to put somebody in charge. Or Stark, As long as the Stark is in Winterfell, they'll be all right. And Sansa is there. So she becomes Lady of Winterfell. Now, this is where the red herring and the misdirection starts when it comes to understanding where Sansa is in her head, where it comes to. Uh, what's his face? When it comes to Peter Baelish trying to weave his web that he weaves. It this is really where all of that begins and where you start the, the viewers, a lot of viewers anyway, start kind of making these ideas about Sansa. Like I know Sansa generally is a very polarizing character. Either you really hate her or you or you don't or you don't really you know you like her, but it, it's typically one or the other. A lot of people aren't really on the fence when it comes to her.
0: Um, I'm more on the fence with the writing this season. I'm I'm more on the fence with how this whole thing played out. Like, I mean, I know it's like we're stepping ahead, stepping around, but I just the whole Sansa Aria, like everything, even up to its resolution, which I loved, which we'll get to later. But just the whole season was so like not well done. Like, I don't think mm. looking back that it really made sense even, you know, it's, uh, yeah.
1: So, you don't think that, I guess, back and forth with Sansa and John made sense?
0: No, the back and forth, I mean, with Sansa and John. I mean, no, Jon's gone. I mean, the Sansa yeah. and Arya, like, well, no. No,
1: but no, you have all. to even go back no, before, right now, just, because remember- Yeah, there was back and forth between them before John left. Remember, about about the car starts and the car. Umbers. Yeah. Where Sansa wanted oh, yeah. them executed, and John was like, "No, that's not what we're going to do. We need all of our allies." Because you have to remember one thing: that the North, the North believes after they've spent all this time with Sansa that Sansa is the ruler that they should have. Because there were a couple of Northmen who said it that they named John mm-hmm. King in the North, but you know maybe we should have named you. But what they don't realize is that Sansa really is the monster that Cersei, Ramsay, and Peter Baelish created. She's absolutely. not the ruler that they want because John is more merciful than Sansa will ever be at this point in her life. She's, She's absolutely like John Jesus. I don't know
0: if the the North wants a merciful here's, here's, ruler. Here's at this the point, thing. Though.
1: I was like, if it had been left up to Sansa, the Karstarks and the Umbers would be no more. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I was mm. Those two houses would have been obliterated. And John was like, no, we're not gonna do that. Because let's go back to season, somewhere between season one and season two, when the Car Starks bucked up against Rob, Rob executed a Car Stark and the Car Starks turned on them at the Red Wedding. Mm. I'm like, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Sansa needs to re- at repeat. least remember that. Like, the murder of a Car yep. Stark enabled the Red Wedding to happen because the car didn't mm. take up arms to defend rob True. yep very very true
0: and that was definitely one of those moves where i thought rob was an idiot when he cut off my man's head i thought that was oh like he a was rude. a fucking <laughs> idiot yeah i, I, I still remember r- being really angry of.
1: yelling at the screen
0: oh man every time rob pretty much made any decision that was my reaction
1: he always has this like <laughs> slack jawed yokel look every time like he was making a dumbass decision. I'm like, where are we okay, right but, now? But here, but here's the uh, thing that we have to remember, and I think this is one of the places where Benioff and Weiss messed stop, is that in the books when we when John finds the direwolves at the beginning of book one,
0: yeah. Rob
1: and John are the same age. They are fourteen years old the problem that i'm seeing is that they are applying 14 year old logic to what should be a grown man rob like this rob is in his Mm. late teens early 20s but they're playing him too Mm -hmm. closely to book rob book rob it makes sense Uh, for him to make those types of rash decisions because he's a 14 year old boy oh
0: that explains everything because when he was chopping a tree when his dad got killed that was my first indication that this drives an idiot but he's a
1: 14 year old (laughs) boy He's only 14. Yeah, but if he was
0: a 14-year-old boy, I fully understand it. But, like, when this grown-ass man was chopping up this tree with his sword and your dad just got killed, you better arm up, bro. It ain't time for rage. Like, that ain't working.
1: Yeah. That does explain things, but it also makes it worse because it's just like, you. if you're going to make that adjustment in age for TV, you need to make the adjustment in terms of thought, of terms of having some form of sense. It just... Once, as we've been saying all season long, it just makes it seem like all the Stark men are just stupid, and they just always have stupid ideas and or, or make stupid decisions. And, it's just like and they're it, it doesn't—they're right. If it's a young situation, of course, all all kids are, are just be coming up with the wildest ideas that don't make sense sometimes, or be doing the wild things that aren't isn't what you should be doing at the moment. And and wow, that that really changes my perspective a bit. Now we're moving on to season three, The Queen's Justice, where we have Euron actually making a lot of sense and handing over the remaining Sand Snake women over to Cersei. Because remember, he said he was going to get Cersei something really nice that she always wanted. And he delivered what she wanted, the the supposed killers of her child. Um, In addition, we have Danny and John going through all that ridiculous back and forth about bending the knee. And then also we have that nice quip between Melisandre and Varys. Okay, here's.
0: Um, not, well. One, one thing, real quick. Not supposedly she did. I mean, I mean, Euron did hand over the killers of you know one of her children. It was
1: only one that actually killed her, but. I
0: mean, you know, whole they were family. all
1: complicit in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. you got to go. Understandable.
1: Okay, I need I need us <laughs> to go back to season season three. No, season four. Season four, when we meet Oberyn. Mm -hmm. And the reason why Oberyn is so pissed (laughs) off at House Lannister was because not only did they kill his sister, but they killed her children. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Oberyn says repeatedly when Marcella's being sent to Dorne is that we don't hurt young girls in Dorne. Oberyn repeatedly tells Cersei that they don't hurt little girls in Dorne. One, to basically say that we're better than you. to to let her know that her daughter is going to be safe in Dorne so to have Alaria and Obara and Tyene and Nymeria kill Marcella makes no sense because it basically goes against everything Oberyn has been talking about and in the books Marcella is alive and well granted she got hurt in one of their schemes to make her queen but she's still alive and well because they don't hurt little Mm. girls in Dorne like Marcella gets hurt by accident like, they're trying to, like, they're trying to basically crown her queen, like, in the midst of all these uh, people dying and whatnot. Like, I think after Joffrey dies right. and before Tommen is crowned, they're trying to make her queen. Right. Um, and she gets hurt in the process because they're trying to run away. And in the ensuing scuffle, she gets hurt. But she's alive and well. Because they don't hurt mm. little girls in Dorne. So to have them do that is like, what the fuck?
0: But also, is is Oberyn's, Oberyn's dead at that point?
1: Yeah, Oberon's yeah, Oberyn's dead. Oberon's dead in, dead yeah, in that mom. at that point. But in the books, Doran Doran, Prince Doran is still alive. Um Tristane is still alive. Like this whole
0: murder Who's yeah, so who's leading Doran at that point is the question because once the mom comes in, you know, and her husband, love, or whatever has been killed, I understand her killing the daughter.
1: Alaria. Yeah, I was like but yeah. at that point Prince Doran is still alive. Oberon's older brother is yeah. still alive and Unbeknownst to Ellaria and his and um, Oberyn's daughters is that Prince Doran is actually like working behind the scenes to avenge his brother. I'm like, and he's like, mm. I don't have to tell y'all, fool shit. I'm the prince. Like, just sit down and do what I tell you to do, and things will be all right. You're complicating things now.
0: Well, the thing about that is, you know. They pretty much screwed the pooch on the whole, like, <laughs> you know, Dorn storyline from whenever it's been introduced. So I can't really expect much in this last wrap up of it because, you know, they've all I mean, since they've been introduced, other than making Oberon dope as hell, they've just done nothing with Dorne. Yeah. So, you know. Par for the course. It's
1: unfortunate. The the more this episode goes on, you guys are, are explaining well, mostly you, Diva, the more that you're telling me about Tor, the more angry I'm getting. Because I uh. feel like now I've been missing something very fantastic that could have happened. That said, we're still gonna move on anyway. Also, rounding out the episode, obviously the whole unsully situation when they did the whole princesses in another castle, casually Rock is abandoned. But then we find out why is it banning. Because the Lannisters, led by Jamie and his army, are actually sacking Highgarden. And then, again, we get another cold-ass line from one of the most <laughs> gangster characters in the series. Lady Olenna. <laughs> she was like, look, I know y'all about to take me out. But let me tell you, tell everybody, I want Cersei to know. I did that. Like, mm. she reminded me... Like, she delivered that line like Denzel delivered a line of Training Day. Like, she just I said, guarantee. let them know. I guarantee. Like, she... <laughs> I just... This is and, my and product.
0: I guarantee it.
1: Funny enough, Diva and I were at Dragon Con a few weeks ago. Uh, excuse me, last yeah, month. I saw And there it. was a, an elderly woman in a wheelchair who dressed just like Lady Elena, And she was carrying a big-ass sign that say tell Cersei it was me
0: and she also it had the glasses the deal with it yes. glasses on she
1: had to deal with the internet glasses not just yes. any glasses the internet, internet. cutout glasses yes. it was amazing
0: amazing
1: so, so during this whole the deathbed confession scene was that just did Elena just wanted to have that last petty patty moment it was just like, look, I know I'm going to go out, but I'm going to go out with the flames. Like, what What was her real goal for doing it?
0: I'd hate to die like your son. Clawing at my neck. Foam and bile spilling from my mouth. Eyes blood red. Skin purple. Must have been horrible for you. As a king's guard. As a father. It was horrible enough for me. A shocking scene. Not at all what I intended. You see, I'd never seen the poison work before. Tell Cersei. I wanted to know it was me. The same thing everything through her real life has been is to serve flames at every opportunity. (laughs) And to sun anyone in her proximity and to deliver the salt and the shade and the fire at every opportunity. Rest in peace. I mean, oh, my God. I got to go back real quick, too, because this is like one of my favorite episodes, because this is the first episode where I finally had to admit that I couldn't stand Cersei like no matter yeah. what has been done to her throughout this whole season throughout the whole series her revenge on Alaria was just goddamn like that's some cold blooded ish yeah. like i couldn't deal with that one but <clears throat> back to the god like yeah i mean there's no other reason other than just to you know see that look on Jamie's face like mm. Mm. wait what but, but-
1: Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be Olen. the logical one here <laughs> since, since Ben's going to be extra right now. Remember remember, in the, remember in the conversation, Olenna is basically telling Jamie you know your sister is unhinged. Olenna knows, Lannister. <laughs> Olenna knows that if there's going to be anybody who can stop Cersei, it's going to be Jamie, But Jamie has to have a reason. So by letting him know that it wasn't your brother that killed Joffrey, it was me. It frees up that last, last <laughs> la- that last, bit of doubt, that last bit of, you know, that last connection really between him and, like, that rage that him and Cersei share over Joffrey's death. And he's like, wait a minute. True. So she was doing it to, to, to break that last Basically, she's bond. trying to, like, sever the bond between Jamie and Cersei because Cersei, at this point, has done heaps. Remember, when she was imprisoned by the Faith Militant, it was for sleeping with her cousin, Lancel. And for lying and for lying right. to the high sparrow. So at this point, Jamie knows that Cersei has been passing out the cookie to everybody because in the books, not only is she sleeping with Lancel, there are two um, members of the Kingsguard that she's sleeping with. One of whom she's sleeping with wow. to frame Marjorie. Basically, she's sleeping with this dude to get him to lie on Marjorie to say that Marjorie's sleeping with him. It's a whole bunch of stuff. I need people to read. Cersei is a very free woman is Women she? there's there's so much about Cersei that would be enjoyable on screen. Granted, they of all the female characters they've done Cersei the best, but they miss like that whole Cersei taking lovers aside from her brother, like from the time she was like a teenager, like men and women, she didn't discriminate if you were pretty and you she shouldn't you you could get it i was like even even at this point in the where we are in the where we will be in the books where she's been released by the faith militant like she has a female friend another um one of her bannermen's wives is warming her bed and until you know things go south and then they desert her too but that's another story but yeah there's like so much more that they could have done with cersei to kind of break because to break the bond between her and Jamie that maybe wouldn't have required Elena but the Elena line was really perfection. Mm, that, thank you for bringing logic to it. You know it's very difficult to bring logic <laughs> to Game of Thrones because
0: <laughs> most
1: of the time it just doesn't cut it. It's that being said, this season. <laughs> that being said, we're gonna travel on to my maybe my favorite episode of this season, episode oh, four, man. the spoils of war. Oh, my God, baby. When I say that dragon scene, woo! the loot battle. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. I know other stuff happened, though. Other stuff happened. And again, some fire-ass lines were said this episode, okay? This is the same episode where Littlefinger tried Bran, and Bran came back with the whole... (laughs) With the whole chaos is a ladder line. like That's one of my
0: favorite lines.
1: When somebody repeats your line back to you that you said when they weren't even around, Mm -hmm. bam, that's when you Mm -hmm. know you fucked up.
0: Yes. That was just one of my favorite lines from the first time Littlefinger ever said it. That that was the line that made me love Littlefinger when he said that chaos is a ladder and I climb up it. Yeah, that was just so, because that's such an ill line and such a true statement. You know, it's like, you no, know, when things are going bad, I made the best of it, bro. Like, psh, you know, gotta do it.
1: you been listening to women, <laughs> huh?
0: Uh, you know, he should have listened more because he would have figured out, not don't fuck with the wrong women. But we'll get to that, oh, right? Um, oh, yeah.
1: We'll, we'll get to that. Also, happened in this episode, remember when they sacked High Garden? Well, you know, High Garden was balling, so they used all that money. Cersei uses all that money to pay back the Iron Bank, because the Iron Bank collection debt collectors was on her line. She wasn't picking up the phone. They were like, look, man, you gotta pay us back. And she finally did. And then she decides that she's gonna contract with the Golden Company. Now, Diva, this is when you gave us a lot of information about the Golden Company, who they really are, and what's probably not gonna happen for her. So, um, by now, everybody should know that we have more than one Targaryen in our midst. Um, but the Golden Company has its roots in House Targaryen, and it was founded by one of um, Aegon Fourth's great bastards, um, Aegor Rivers. Um, and they wound up going over mm. to Essos when, they, when their fortunes kind of turned. And they've been trying to make their way back to Westeros for a really long time. So long story short is they may come to Westeros, but I don't think that they will take Cersei's side knowing that there is one, at least one Targaryen heir there. I, yeah, I don't. I still don't see them coming to her aid or they're playing, the, they'll yeah. play the role like they're doing. Yeah, it, and that's, they're that's what I'm thinking. They like, she'll tell them that you it's know, I'm trying to fight, you know, Daenerys Targaryen, the dragon queen, and they'd be like, Oh, word, there's a living Targaryen and there are dragons. She's not gonna say that in the Raven, though. She's just gonna say, Come help. And then when they get there, say, Oh, because like, she but she here's the thing, stories. the Golden Company is over in Essos where Danny was. So there have been rumors the world over about this young girl and her dragons. Mm -hmm. So if I'm like, and the only people who can wrangle dragons, as far as we know, are Targaryens. So the Golden Company has to know that she exists. They just don't know where she, she, they may not know where she is right now.
0: Now on that before, you know, as we said, everyone should be listening. Go back. If you haven't heard them, you know, we recap every episode and Diva, you broke down the whole Targaryen and the Golden Company history before on the episode about Spoilers of War, so make sure you go check that out. But at the same time, Game of Thrones just released a trailer for this animated thing that they're doing with the DVD release that covers the whole history of the Targaryens. It's Mm. going to be a 45-minute animated production. The trailer is incredible. It's like three minutes. It's not even a trailer. It's just like a segment from the whole release. It's on YouTube. Make sure you go check it out because it is... Ooh, it had me so hyped because it goes back in history and shows valerian before the fall before the doom hits and it talks about how to create a valerian and then it shows after the doom and then it goes on and it should be a whole 45 minute thing so all this is going to be covered and that being said that gives me hope because before I thought the writers were just to be some jackasses and, you know, forget that the Golden Company is even connected to Targaryens. But now, seeing that they're releasing this before the next season, I think that that is trying to come into play. And Cersei is, oh, man, I love her. So, it's so be you bad. can't
1: see this on, on uh, YouTube right now? Because I know they yes. said it's coming out on a season 7 Blu-ray and DVD. They're going to include the 45-minute Yep, Yeah, but there's like
0: three minutes of it on YouTube right now. It's okay. so good. Oh, Go check it out. It's so it had me so well, hyped for that release.
1: It's supposed to come is- out on December 12th. So yeah. uh, Tuesday, December 12th, you'll be able to get that on DVD if you want to see the whole 45 minutes. But oh. like you said, it, it it's sick. And then they actually used nira- narration. I don't know why I can't say the word. But it's being narrated by uh, some of the actors of Game of Thrones.
0: And I feel the part that they showed is narrated by uh, Daenerys' brother. I'm not 100% Which sure. Which brother? But it has the... The one who oh, got Viserys. burned up okay. because it's being narrated like a straight up asshole. Like he is so <laughs> he's so gassed about the Targaryens and all that. He's like, you know, we had Valeria and we built it with dragons and magic. Like, you know, he's just so, no, he's such so hilarious. Your yes. <laughs> he's slash
1: it. I get it. Yep. What an ass.
0: Definitely check that out. It's so well done.
1: And of course, rounding out this episode, as I mentioned at the top, was that Ooh. epic, epic ass loop train battle. I have never seen such fire and brimstone just in your face. And I have and I had given it the whole like like you see people made out of ash and then they just blow away in the wind. <laughs> I don't know why, but it made me die laughing. I was screaming when that shit happened. It was great.
0: Yo. I mean yeah, I mean, as illogical as this whole season was, the the action, because we didn't even really mention how ill the Unsullied taking castle Rock, you know, that whole action sequence was crazy. And then this?
1: Yeah, the, the them taking Castle Rock was very solid snake of them, and I and I appreciated yep. that. But then they were like, where everybody at? So I was like, wait a minute, y'all not going to screw me out of a fighting scene. Like, like I, I really want to see people get gapped. <laughs>
0: Oh, but they did. And didn't. that's
1: what the loot train battle did for me. And of oh. course, we had we still as as epic and and fun as that was and how satisfying it was because they threw in that effects budget, we were still irritated about a lot of stuff, namely once again how Jamie and Bron still survived all that. And we had all of these reasons if you guys go back to that, listen to that, we had all these reasons why um, you know, what may would happen, how Jamie and Braun gonna make it out, blah blah blah, and none of that happened. They got swept down river because the river currents were that strong. River of bullshit, I know. that ain't the biggest the river comment. of bullshit. That's what it was
0: at the same time, though. You know, like we like you said on that episode, Tatiana, to choose your own adventure and Braun choosing, you know, not choosing the goal, like we were, cho- we were talking about choosing the ball or the sword. You know, he mm-hmm. he chose you know, family over gold. And, you know, so I really liked that part of it. Like, I was so mad that Bronn survived. But in the long run, when I look back at it, I thought that was really dope for his character, for everything. It was just a really dope moment. And that battle was so insane. I've watched it so many times since then that I, I don't care. It's like, oh, my God. Has, your, has, so
1: dope. has either of you guys, if you watched it more than once, have either of you guys' perception changed of that battle?
0: Hell no. It's so fire. Oh my god, that was so well done. Like
1: or even change of humor. how how Daenerys fought that battle or how anybody fought that battle, did, did any did either of you feel any differently or you were just like it, it went the it way had, it should have. It it had to go that way because otherwise how do you how do you show your force? Cuz remember at that point mm-hmm. like she had lost a whole heap. She lost the Greyjoy, she lost Jorah, mm-hmm. she lost Highgarden. So at this point she had to do something. So it was go hard or go home. Oh uh, well, as, as while she's going hard, that leads us to episode five of Eastwatch, where um your boy Dickon <laughs> flame on flame on Dickon, and uh, that was the end of House Tarly right then and there. <laughs> again, I have to, and I don't even remember if I mentioned this on that recap episode that we had, but did both of them like? Why did I didn't understand why the dad wasn't like, "Yo, just let." No, that's what it was. Someone said, "Why didn't Daenerys just let?" Because the son son decided. The son decided he wanted to be indignant as well. The father, Randall, told him Mm -hmm. to sit his happy ass down because he knew that that was that was the heir to his house because he had because Sam had already taken the black. So he was like, "No, you can't." He's like, "No, I'm I'm a man too, and I'm gonna stand next to my dad, and both of y'all lost."
0: But no reason. He really
1: did. He could have. He could have just bent the knee, or not. He could have, or not. He could have like made his way back to King's Landing, and he could have still been alive. But you want to play Billy Badass and it didn't work. R.
0: P. So house this- carly I mean, what a way to go uh, out. Yes. You know, like you know, if you're gonna go out, that's the way to go out. Like that's how Is house it really
1: though? End. Like I a mean, preventable not really. death like that.
0: Yeah, I guess. But, you know, they were dickheads. I mean, you name your some Dickon. Dickon. Like what the hell you expect is going to happen to your house?
1: Dickon of House of Dickheads.
0: Yeah, like, you know, King Dickon. Like, Never. that's going to happen one day. You know, like, Dickon, ruler of the realms. No, no. Dickon, flamed on. That That's how that yeah. ends.
1: I guess they've, the writers were like, we can't get but so much mileage out of his name in terms of jokes, so let's just get rid of him. That's why I think. The writers just got bored of him. They were like, look, we can't do this no more. So while that's happening, we have Jamie talking to Cersei about the fact that the Lannisters cannot win the war because of the, all the scorpions and all the trickery in the world. It's not going to be able to make have them defeat three fucking dragons at the time. It's still three. Uh, and that's when Cersei says, well, you need to be on my side because Maury told me you're the father. And she allegedly reveals that she's pregnant. Once I I, I actually, and, and when that happened, I didn't believe her at first. She reaffirmed it later. And after a while, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. But now I'm actually going back to the other side because there was a lot of listeners on that episode who left comments saying she's lying. She's still lying. She's still lying. She's still lying. And then when I go back to that whole prophecy situation, there was never anything in the prophecy about her her having, what, another child. So is this all a lie? I wouldn't put it past her. I'm like, that's the thing. Cersei lies. Yeah, I really think Cersei is definitely lying, really based on everything I know about her, based on this new information you've shared with us thus far. Diva, like, I don't trust her. So while she lying about being prego, they also come up with this really ridiculous hand plan to capture this white. Now <laughs> I remember how how irritated we were about this once again, and now that you know hindsight's 2020, 20, lots of people had had well, there were a few comments that made sense. They were saying that there was no evidence of it anywhere in the world that these things exist and seen as believing for, for most of these folks. You, they believed in dragons because there were bones and all sorts of things that they can see that, that gave them a clue that these other items exist. But there was no, no such thing as a white. So how could you prove and how could you get Cersei to believe you? Well, let's go capture one. The problem is this is fucking Cersei we're talking about. She don't believe in logic. She is Donald Trump. It's just not <laughs> there with her.
0: Cersei believes in her own logic. Unlike Donald Trump, she has a very clear logic and a very clear, you know, understanding of what she wants the world to be.
1: Just like Donald Trump. She's an egomaniac and she believes in her own theory of what the world is. She lives in her own fucking picture book.
0: (laughs) It's a very advanced picture book. It's a very advanced, Um, unlike Mr. Trump's picture book, which is like ABC you know, ABD and shit.
1: Don't call that dude, mister. But anyway, while that's happening, <laughs> Thor Jr. comes in with the Milnor. This cat leveled the fuck up. Gendry shows back up Ooh. and he's ready for war. Can, can we take a moment? I don't care. Can we take a moment just for Gendry? Is that Ooh. your boy? That's your bay for you? He's one of them. I have a roster of them that I keep in my pocket. He's one of them. Because... When you meet him, like, one of the things that's striking about him is he looks a hell of a lot like a young Robert Baratheon. Like, forget, like, that fat drunk man that we met in season one. That got gored by a boar. Huh? Yeah. That's that's not <laughs> like, the one. what a way to go out. What a dumbass way to go.
0: Gored by a boar. It rhymes.
1: But young Robert Baratheon, the reason why he was able to sire so many bastards was that mofo was fine as hell
0: <laughs> mm.
1: I'm like he's tall he's strong dark hair bright blue eyes like come on now like come on and Gendry has like all of that in him and less of like the roaming dick syndrome it seems ah that's true so while Diva... a lot of time on a
0: boat, you know you never know about yeah. Gendry really I mean after all that ah. time that boat Gendry might have left some kids behind. He might have just. You
1: You will not sully Gendry. No. uh -uh, uh -uh. We're not doing that. Gendry
0: did want to get out of town rather quickly, is all I'm going to say. Gendry was ready to go. He was like, Word? Word? She.
1: I can't with you. I just can't. I know. I know. (laughs) All right. So while Diva is drooling off Gendry's Chippendale calendar we got Gilly with the knowledge. Now Gilly has always it annoyed me to no end cause she's always asking wild questions and Sam always looking at her like, are you stupid? But this time I actually felt for Gilly because I realized how much that Sam really don't be knowing what the fuck he's doing. And he's actually getting a lot of his knowledge from Gilly. Gilly is the one who's holding him down in the cut and no one knows because she's a woman.
0: Mm.
1: when you really think about it that's the main thing she's supposed to be this uncultured swine wildling that he found in the middle of nowhere (laughs) who got a child she's supposed i guess she's like 17 or something so and she's a teenage mom so they automatically put this and and i realized that i fell into this trap they automatically put this she's an idiot kind of air about her but she's really nothing near that well and it's because of her that she stumbled upon proof of the whole connection between John and Targaryens. well when, okay, you have to remember that Gilly is one of Craster's daughters and Craster had this mm. really lovely habit of having children <laughs> with his daughters <laughs> so Dad. her being kind of an idiot may be due to the fact that she's kind of inbred um Right, but it was also, she's not, she's just not, as you see, she's the one who found out all the, she's the one who found out this huge revelation. Yeah, but with no context, I'm like, I may have like blown her off too. <laughs> think about it, it's like, oh, Rhaegar set aside his wife. I'm like, with no connection to John, like, why would Sam think anything of that sentence? Like, the viewer is like, holy shit, that's the proof we needed. But Sam has mm-hmm. no reason to think that this has anything to do with his best friend. So he's like, yeah, sure. shut the hell up. And then once... The- <laughs> but then he put two and two together later. So who's the dummy? Well, I don't know if I can call no. Sam a dummy, but I didn't appreciate him taking credit for it. Like he was the one who found well, the scroll. Let's not say, let's, okay, let me not say dummy. Let's say who who's really thinking ahead in things. Again, like you said, there was no damn context. Sure she's just <laughs> damn <laughs> sure ain't still. Shit. But like you said, Gilly said it without any much of context, so it wasn't really clear. But maybe you know, again, I, I actually felt for her and I felt bad for thinking that she was so silly all this time when she's really, I didn't give her enough credit. I think so. Apologies yeah. to Gilly. Probably for last real, one because... I'll give.
0: No, because yeah, I never cut short on Gilly. I was always less I was always more of a fan of hers than Sam because she was the one who made Sam the man he is today. Mm-hmm. Like then, you know, you never represent, you know, you never give respect to the woman who made who you you are. And it's like Sam would have still been a sucker back wherever he was if not for Gilly because Gilly put that, you know, heart in his chest where you know, he had something to live for. And then whenever he was down, Gilly would be like, nah, you're the man, Sam," you know? So and then he just played her out in this episode. Oh, so you should be wild <laughs> okay well hold on
1: hold on think about what Sam has been doing up until this point he's been empty a in cha- bunch of nonsense. he's been emptying chamber <laughs> pots and transforming and all this other stuff so I can see why he's like you know what? I've had a long day. These chamber pots are disgusting. I don't want to. I, yes, I'm glad you can read now. Thank you very much. God damn it! Why did I teach you to read? I just want to. I just want some peace. It's like when when like your parents come home from work and you're yipping and they're like, "Yo, just 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 let me sit. Just 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 let me sit. I just got here. Yes. Why the hell did I teach this child to read? Why? Why is he constantly yeah, why treating... why are you calling her a child? But well, why is he constantly treating Gilly like she forgot to take the chicken out the freezer? Like, are you like he's always giving her this looks like shut the fuck up all the time? Like he's always angry with her. And hold up. H-
0: how are you gonna call Gilly a child when she made Sam a man? Like literally.
1: Ew, I forgot that. Literally
0: I forgot that. made mm-hmm. him a man.
1: Hmm. It was an analogy, Ben. An analogy. I,
0: I'm just saying, stop hating on. Gilly. I don't
1: listen. Gilly I, enjoy Ghostwriter Gilly. I enjoy Gilly. for I enjoy Gilly. I enjoy Gilly because we're moving very. Sure
0: when removing, he's are oh, moving yeah. very quickly. Not being a jackass.
1: And we're trying to get away from Ben. I mean, but we're moving very quickly <laughs> <laughs> to episode six, Beyond the Wall, where we take that stupid ass idea to get the white and put it into action and in the course kill (sighs) damn near everybody. Um, we do see several things also happening. We get the, the, what we think is the misdirection of Sansa and Arya potentially coming to blows. We get the big old bag of faces. We get the sense that something is amiss in the sister or the Stark sister household. Um, Again, I know you didn't like the writing this season, but would you give, at least Ben, did you give credit to how they played this whole duality with Sansa and Arya or no? Nah? Uh,
0: I go back and forth on it. Like, I don't know. Like, it just, I'm like, does it all make sense in my is my thing. Like, you know, given the misdirection early on where Arya, you know, seems to be fooled by Littlefinger. You know, did that make sense in the longer context? And then this whole scene in this episode, which I thought was really ill, but does it make sense in the longer context of the show was my question. Like, does it really make sense that Arya does this whole thing with the mask? And actually, before the comments tear me apart, I'm gonna say it does.
1: I think it does. It makes perfect sense. And I watched that episode twice and when I really watch Arya doing all that movement. You can tell that she's she's playing a role. She's she's acting as she's acting. She's acting for him. There's no fucking way. I had said that when I when I initially thought that Sansa not Sansa when Arya did fall for it, I was like, there's no way that she got to level ninety nine and is gonna get fucked up like that off a of, off a of little finger. Like yes, little finger. He's he's very powerful. Yes, he's leveled up. But you there's no way. There's no way Arya has done all this. There's no way we open... I mean, we opened it in season with Arya killing a whole room of people. And you tell me that she's going to fall for some dumb shit? No. And that should have been my understanding that this wasn't going to go the way they made it out to be. They gave you the hint in the beginning of the season, this is Arya's time.
0: hmm But my thing wasn't even that. And I know D.Va was about to correct me. But my thing was more did Arya's and Sansa's interactions throughout it made sense. And while I was talking it out just then, I have to say it did. Because right here in this episode is when Arya really let Sansa know, I don't want to be queen. I never did. That's always been you. Whether or not that's a good thing, I'm not sure of. But that's always been you. And that comes to play in the end of it. Because that's the mistake that Littlefinger you know, definitely falls for is not knowing who Arya is. And even though she mm-hmm. threatens Sansa in a way here, it's really just explaining that we are two different people.
1: I'm, I'm going to give them a little bit more credit than that because whenever mm-hmm. you're dealing with someone like Littlefinger or someone like Varys, you have to understand that all of your walls have ears. So at no mm-hmm. point can they drop the act and be happy sisters with each other. They kind of have to go all the way with this, otherwise it's not believable. If at some point Sansa Mm. begins to falter and starts being nice to Arya and starts trusting her, then Littlefinger is going to amp it up in a different way. If Arya stops snarling at people, then Littlefinger is going to, you know, try to, you know, tweak it a different way. So you have to play the role all the way out. Otherwise, we don't get that really satisfying scene in the season finale. And you really do realize how much Littlefinger doesn't really know the family like he thinks he knows the family. Yes, obviously he knows Sansa because he's been with her the longest or has been, has interacted with her the most. Arya, for the most part, has not even been around whatsoever. Same with Bran. So the two people he knows the least about, he tries to pit them against the family, and of course that backfires. And that's just something that I think I should have personally put in my head more so before I sat there and said, there's no, I can't believe Arya fell for that. Like, it's kind of obvious. Well, now it's kind of obvious, but, but it's interesting how you see how the dynamic work between them. That said, I have mentioned that this is where the episode where half the damn Brigade dies because they decided that they need to go get this white and of course they they make some foolish fucking mistakes while they're uh, beyond the wall. Them being the Magnificent Seven that goes out and gets themselves killed. Again, I know that we've (laughs) tried to understand this, explain the amount of time that goes by between the time that the Magnificent Seven or, or, what, Six or Five by this point, gets caught up on that ice lake to the time that Danny comes and saves them. How much time actually passed by? It had to be, I, I think the estimates I was saying were like a few days. Like day, days yeah. had to pass because you realize you have to get Gendry from where they were back to Eastwatch. You have to get the Raven from Eastwatch to Dragonstone, which is what, like a thousand miles we said last time? I'm like, and then from there, now you have to have Danny fly her dragons from Dragonstone past Eastwatch to where the hell they are. So you're taking about three days because remember, Thoris of Mir, he freezes to death.
0: And it also took some time for the ice to reform and the internet's definitely figured this out. And, you know, they did do it. It's just that they didn't show the past at the time well enough. But, you know, that's one of those minor things that I really can't be mad at. Because this episode was such a fierce-ass battle. And that whole tension on the ice was so crazy. And, Something... you know, I got to say, though. Go I mean, ahead. Go what ahead. you got to say? I mean, like you said, the half of the straw got rubbed out. And I could give a damn about everyone who got rubbed out, except for the one that we all know. Listen. Like. Listen.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Still hurts. Hurts
1: so bad. So, one thing we didn't address with Viserion, when mm. he went down, we know, as you saw, whites drown when they get in that water. How did they get him out from the bottom of the lake?
0: How the hell did the Night King throw a perfect spiral from, like, magic. without any Magic. Why effort? did they have Magic.
1: Right. Wait, wait, wait! I don't care about. I told you I didn't have no problem with that spiral throw. I didn't have no problem with the madden throw. He's the night king. He is this mythical person, creature, whatever you want to call him. He got the. He got the. I don't want
0: everyone. I don't want everyone to go back and rewatch and look how he puts no effort into the throw. <laughs> it's so great. It's, it's like it's like you know he. I mean it's just like eh. and that shit just.
1: He like, threw that shit <laughs> like a toothpick,
0: and yeah. caught him
1: with the shish kebab. I get that. I don't, I, I don't have no problem. I'm trying to figure out how the fuck they give him from under the chains or whatever. How? How did that happen? None of them, maybe the Night King came, but none of them could go underwater like that. So how did that okay. work out for him? At that point. So um, I know you said you didn't <laughs> like this theory about um, the Night King being Bran. Yeah. About Bran. Okay. Yeah. But if you, even taking away from that theory, if you buy into the theory that the Night King may be able to warg, which is another theory. He may have shush. He may have seen the dragons before they came, and was prepared. Which is why? Why do you have the damn ice javelin? What were you going to do with the ice javelin? Why do you have chains with you? Where did those chains but come I from? He could... How did he know? How? How was he prepared to reco- to kill and recover a dragon if he didn't know a dragon was coming? And if he knew a dragon was coming, thought... how did he know a dragon was coming? But I thought he was, Well, I think. Listen. I did th- I don't. I don't know why everybody's focusing in on the Night King and his powers. This nigga's Captain Planet. Why couldn't he create an ice spear? I didn't. I didn't see the problem with that. It was mm-hmm. just everything else that didn't make sense to me.
0: I don't know, Diva. I think like we gave them a lot of credit earlier, but I just think you would try to say, you know, this is just it looked cool, <laughs> and that's so all was cool. to it. You know, like it looked really cool to have these guys with these chains drag this dragon up out the ice. And before we go to that, I just want to say, like, like I said, Viserion, like. I never, under, I mean, I've seen it happen before, but that was just so amazing. Like that, that the thing hits him and then he just falls into the he ice. He blew and, up. He and, and, blew up. I mean, he's like, you know, flames are shooting out the side of his throat. But when he's clawing at the ice and just slowly slipping under. That's right up there with anybody. Like, you know, any... You know, when we talk about on Fanbro Show, you know, what deaths hurt you the most. That's up there with anything for me. That was crushing.
1: Syrian went down like the damn Hindenburg, okay? I didn't understand. How? Magic. 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 <laughs> that's the answer for everything. And
0: oh,
1: also, rest in peace, Benjamin, again.
0: I mean... Yeah. Give it, give I, you it. know what i do <laughs> i <laughs> do damn it can't
1: a stark man live a whole life is that too much to ask
0: not if he's trusting another stark man to save oh God. his life yeah stark, no.
1: stark equals death
0: yeah we know this no so we're not fine. close I'm enough fine.
1: well we finally have come to supposedly the most magical episode for various reasons episode seven the dragon and the wolf the final episode of season seven Oh boy, and some things come to a head in this episode. <laughs> I don't even know what to talk about first because I know Ben, I is is just readying his double entendres now. Okay, let's, let's just start in the dragon pit because it's the safest place for us right now. Is the dragon okay. pit
0: definitely the safest place for Jon Snow? <laughs> dragon pit. Uh,
1: see, I know it. See? That's what they're calling it <laughs> you much. Diva you didn't see that I saw that from uh, he threw that shit like the Night King it was a fucking perfect spiral you ain't not see that shit I'm too pure for this manner of <laughs> talk
0: <laughs> I'm too pure I, for mean, oh, the gravel pit. I never understood that one that was always gross the gravel pit Wu-Tang that was terrible wait a minute pit, hold on time out that's, that's what that song yep.
1: means no.
0: yes Yes.
1: oh, yes. oh. Damn. Yeah. and I'm singing that. Check out my grave. I'm just singing that shit. Like I'm like,
0: uh, oh my god. Oh my god, though, internets, please, <laughs> somebody make a remix right now. Dragon pit to the gravel pit theme, please, internets. I need that from you. Do it for Castle Black. Do it for the culture. Oh my god. Oh, Lord. oh wow,
1: wow, wow. We getting mad hip hop knowledge on this episode. Oh my god. I did there not you know go. that. Oh, I feel so dumb. I feel like Gilly. Anyway,
0: <laughs> okay. No now, context. Now
1: I want to know what kind of women they came across. That it wasn't
0: <laughs> me. That was my thought. That was my okay. Thought. I'm, okay, I'm focused. Like, I'm focused. How are you? Okay, I can understand. You know, honeycomb hideout. Okay, I can work with that.
1: Gravel pit. So Cersei almost gets so... got by a white. How about that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not even a white but okay
1: i gotta say that still was the one of the best reveals i've seen on tv where (laughs) like they it was like watching one of those david blaine specials where he's like for 15 minutes he got you looking at this box like what is the fuck is he's about to do with this box and then he proceeds to scare the shit out of you after you've been sitting there just waiting for something to happen and the way that they presented it to her i like it literally was like some circus shit and you, I th- I thought I thought that would have meant something, but who are we talking about? Cersei, Lorraine, Lannister.
0: Lorraine? Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> she looked like a Lorraine to me. That way yeah. looked like a Lorraine to me. Oh, my yeah.
0: I'll go with that. <sighs> yeah, no, like you said, that was incredible. Absolutely incredible reveal. Like, absolutely incredible cinematography. Just everything, like we talked about on the episode when we reviewed it, I for real, thought there nothing was gonna happen. Like I thought the bones <laughs> were just to uh, tumble out of that joint when he kicked it over. And so he seems to be like, "You brought me here for what?" But no, you know, it got hot. Uh, you're on pretending <sighs> like
1: he's deserting, but uh... I think Diva, you said that's really was really him getting up in his boat to go to SS. Yeah, I'm like, I'm thinking that he's going to try to make the transaction with the Golden Company. But once again, now that he's seen dragons for real, he knows that they're here. He's seen the White. If he comes back with the Golden Company, I don't know that he comes back to Cersei.
0: Hmm. That would be a power play, you know, switch it up. Like, you know, and then that would go back to the book of him wanting to get down with Daenerys. Yeah. That
1: would. But what about all that talk, like, even a few episodes back, when Cersei kept basically was promising herself to Euron, and Euron at least was acting like that he was feeling it, like he he wanted some of that Cersei dragon pit. What is the truth?
0: Because there's one dragon pit and there's one drunken pit, and mm. you know. <laughs>
1: Eurons is really opportunistic, Choose so he's gonna wise. go where the power is. So he's gonna go where he thinks that the best chance of winning is because his ultimate goal, like everybody else on this damn show, is to sit in the um in the iron throne. I see, I see.
0: Uh um, everybody's ultimate goal.
1: But everybody mm-hmm. but John. John Everyone's doesn't the want world. the Iron Throne.
0: There we go. I didn't say it. <laughs>
1: You corrupting her, Ben. I mean, that was you know you're corrupting her. Pure we- politics, pure politics. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I guess that's girl. what we're calling it these days.
0: I mean, it does start with a P, but I don't think it was politics that drew Jon Snow into this situation. Okay, so
1: Cersei, Cersei tricks people. And she's like, okay, I'm down with you, but now fuck y'all. I'm going to let y'all die and I'm going to take over all your land. And Jamie's like, what the hell? Everybody's going to die. She's like, then everybody's just going to have to die. And Jamie's like, you are crazy. I am leaving. Yeah. And then proceeds to have, to me, that I don't, I don't know, care about what anybody else says. I was scared of shit that Jamie was going to die by the, what? by the mountain right then and there. Like shit. I swore that spear was going through him through that back. I, I swore that shit was going to happen. It- I for
0: real thought Jamie was dead when he was up. Walk- I mean, riding a horse away, and this and it started snowing. Like I was until Jamie went off screen. I was, you know, you was comp-
1: fearing for his life. You thought yeah. that Night King was going to throw another spear at him.
0: <laughs> no, I thought an arrow from Cersei. I thought it'd be like Bronn in the <laughs> ultimate. Like, this is the worst show ever. You know, like, Braun <laughs> like Ron, kills his best so friend. So you say,
1: after Braun f- saved his life fifty eleven times, <laughs> here comes Braun like, with the arrow to the heart?
0: I mean, just, if you want to make this show the most cold-blooded show ever, that would have been it right there. Like, shh. Well,
1: let's talk about a different cold-blooded scene. Rest in peace, Littlefinger, man. My sister asked you a question. <sighs> Bitch.
0: <laughs> but okay
1: are you so again because of what you got in this episode with the stark girls basically teaming up and cornering little finger are you really still mad at the way they wrote it
0: no 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 like throughout this episode and throughout you know us distrusting it and throughout the time i've definitely like it said like what everything diva said earlier is quite true like if they'd ever given up the game at any point you know he would have known, and they didn't give up the game, and he got played. And you know, in the Game of Thrones, you either play or you die, or you play to win. You know, and he was playing to win, but you know that chaos straddled a little too much of being of a hole, not a ladder, for him.
1: <laughs> okay, I just, I, just, I just appreciate it. I, I love Arya's murderous grins and, and just smiles and giggles like if she would if she like i just wanted her to just laugh like throw her head back and laugh like you've seen that you've seen that gif of the seagull that just throws his head back and just starts dying laughing or the video that's where i keep imagining every time she's about to go kill somebody and i just want that shit to just keep riding every time Like i just want a master cut of every time is about to kill somebody with her laughing that would make my day that really would no, because the best also because yeah, the best thing is that Macy Williams has still has a really young face, so she looks really yes. young and innocent while she's killing everybody. Like Brand got old real How old quick. Is she now she's, I don't think she's old enough to drink in the states. I believe. Okay, um, Sophie Turner is over eighteen because when they did the scene with her, she's twenty. She's twenty. So that's over eighteen. Well, so, excuse me, uh, Macy Williams, Arya Stark, she's twenty years old. Yeah. Because I knew because I think oh. Sophie Toner Turner's older than her, and they made sure she was at least eighteen when 21. they did that scene with her and Ramsey. Ah. I mean, even though that didn't really help not not at all, still but really, really super fucking grown. Yeah, Yeah. But, no. but yeah, these no. are these are grown girls, but Macy no. still looks really young. Rounding out this episode, Bitch May Theon becomes less of a bitch. Whatever, whatever. And then we get to the big, big scene that was really fucking disgusting now that I had context behind it, but we knew it was coming. Ben and I, and I, I admit, and I apologize, Diva, Ben and I was really making it difficult for you because it was funny to us, I'm sorry. But um, Sam and Brand put together what John's true lineage is. And while at the same time this is happening, you see John and Daenerys laying down together. Ew. Ew. <clears throat> Ew. Ew.
0: Ew. I, I mean, what's so distrusting about it? Like this it is <laughs> you know, like these are two Young people just trying to work it out, you know, get together, bump some uglies, you know. They
1: couldn't wait a day until they you know. got back to goddamn Winterfell and then not fucked your aunt. Come on. There's a no- But he didn't know yeah, that's her aunt. But we and all know now when it's wiki. It. But uh, yeah, but it's we. We these outside fourth wall people who don't exist. We know this. They don't. But that takes us back to that scene to revisit, because we never really went around trying to understand what happened during that time. When, as you saw outside of the room, Tyrion was there, and or or he saw them go into the room together. He knew what was about to go down, and he had this really forlorn look about him. And we never really discussed what each of us thought he was thinking, or what he you know was he upset? Was he sad? What was really going on? And furthermore remember previously he was speaking with his sister trying to get her to come and help and all that stuff and we don't see how or what is said, but she tells him, okay, I'm gonna help you. That makes me think did was there some type of kind of treacherous exchange between the two of them and was that then that then lead to Tyrion looking real sad about oh God, they're about to lay together but they don't know what's about to happen next like what? Why did well? Why was Tyrion looking like that? Well, one theory.
0: Um, no, that's a really good theory. No,
1: I, I a theory that I just read ahead, earlier Deepa. was that, um, uh, Tyrion and Cersei came to some kind of backdoor deal, where, um, where um Cersei ends up, still ends up on the Iron Throne, or one of her heirs ends up on the Iron Throne. But if John and Danny were to have a child that would kind of eliminate that chance like basically like she he put Cersei in mm. in Danny's line of succession that's one of the theories that I, I read see. why cuz she thinks Danny can't have children I'm like cuz Danny thought she can't have children Yeah I'm like because remember Danny's been telling everybody ever since Khal Drogo died and Mira, and Amir Mazdoor told her that she's not going to have any more kids that I can't have any kids Mm. Like that's been Danny's whole thing. Uh, the other theory was, the other theory was that Tyrion was actually jealous, and that even though he he knew he would never be able to be with Daenerys in that way, he's he always felt something, or he grew to feel something for her, and seeing that just reminding him that he would never be that man, was that it? Jealousy?
0: No, um, I thought the you know um, creators of the show had put this to rest, but. I'll say it again. As far as I know, I think it's just Tyrion realizing what we all know is it's like, you know, being in a Friday the 13th flick. If you have sex, death, you know, and them fucking it's just not going to work out like it's not smart. You know, like we said, we already know they're related. They don't know that yet. But just in general, you know, having this relationship when, you know, you're a war, we already saw what happened to Robb Stark. You know, we see what happened to other fools, and I think that was why Tyrion was just sitting there, like, oh, like what a what, a, you know, come on, son, like, you know, <laughs> come he on. needed, you know, <laughs> needed love to pop up right there. Come on, son, like, yeah, it was just, you know, no good, like, mm-mm, nah,
1: yeah. And I want and, I, and Diva, I know you have some education for us because this is also the episode, as I mentioned, where they put two and two together about who John really is, and there was that brief flashback to. The whole Rhaegar Targaryen situation, and I know there's a lot about it that you want okay. to say. So let me start with my petty patty moment first. Um, I really need okay. for the costume designers for Game of Thrones to not put the entire wig budget on Daenerys' head. There is no there is no reason <laughs> why Rhaegar <laughs> should be wearing the same raggedy ass wig that Viserys was wearing. That's so raggedy. So so raggedy. raggedy. Like, Like it was oily, like he was like three days overdue for a wash. Like it was just not good, especially when a lot of the fan art of Rhaegar Targaryen has him tall and broad shouldered with really long silver hair, like long, beautiful hair. So to see this raggedy, just no. He's supposed to have hair like Sauroth yes. from Final yes. Fantasy. And he look all raggedy as fuck. Like, he, like he's been going mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, like they were in the middle of a war. So I can see why he may have looked that way. But come on, sir. I need you to do better than that. Um, but speaking of war, this, this right here with Bran and Sam puts, basically kind of negates the entire reason for Robert's rebellion. Because remember that Lyanna Stark was allegedly kidnapped and raped by Rhaegar Targaryen. And that is why Robert Baratheon and Edard Stark went after him. But what actually happened was Lyanna eloped with Rhaegar Targaryen. Think about it this way. You have two of the most eligible bachelors in the Seven Kingdoms vying for your hand. One openly, one discreetly, as we now have known. Robert, at this point, was known to have a roaming eye and a roaming penis. Like, okay, I need to understand something. That the tourney at Harrenhal, where Rhaegar crowns Lyanna, the queen of love and beauty, happened in the year 281 mm-hmm. AC, after Aegon's conquest. Robert had his first bastard in 279, or 280, depending on who you ask which was at least a year or two before that. So you are full-blown betrothed to somebody and you got a full-ass baby in the airy. And Liana was like, this is not going to get There's any more. She's marry. like, this shit's not going to get any better. He's gonna- We're going to get married. And it's still going to be the same mess. She told Ned as much. Like, I don't think this is going to stop. So when you have someone, like Targaryens have been known to marry multiple wives. So while Rhaegar set aside his first wife, he didn't have to. He could have married Lyanna while still keeping Elia. But either way, he chose to marry Lyanna and have this baby with her. But the entire reason for the rebellion that she was kidnapped, all Lyanna really had to do was send a raven home. Send one to Ned and be like, big bro, I know y'all looking for me. I know Robert, I know Robert feels away, but please let them know that I am booed up. I'm pregnant. I'll bring the baby by in a few months when it's safe to travel. But just know that I'm safe. But she, either she didn't or couldn't do it. So why didn't
0: huh?
1: she? He said why didn't, why didn't I don't she? know, because at by this time, like they're in full blown war. So she may not have been able to because remember, she's being she's being held in the Tower of Joy. So she's someplace, she's in a stronghold where there aren't any ravens as far as I can tell. And we have to also remember that book-wise, Lyanna's only 16 when this is happening. So once again, Mm. you have a very young person in a very grown situation who may not make the best decisions because all she really had to do was just have somebody send a raven. The Citadel knew what the hell was going on. Why couldn't someone send a raven to Winterfell? Because everybody is irresponsible. Because they're possible. children. And it wouldn't be Game of Thrones if people were responsible. <laughs> exactly. And and like I said, it wouldn't be this this show if it wasn't Game of Thrones. Whatever. But, 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 one of the on, other we'll, items. One last thing, and I'm not yeah. done, I swear. So one last thing yeah. that makes it even even spicier is I don't know if I mentioned this before, but mm-hmm. Rhaegar Targaryen and Robert Baratheon are actually cousins. Wait. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Wait, say that again. Say these names again. Rhaegar Targaryen and Robert Baratheon are cousins. Let me tell you how the family tree works. So, Robert's Robert's grandmother is a woman by the name of Rael Targaryen. Rael Targaryen has a brother named Jaharis II. Jaharis II is the grandfather of Rhaegar Targaryen. They're second cousins. This is incest all up and down this motherfucker. Who is not But here's the thing. The, re- the, the reason why Ugh. when Robert took the throne after um, the rebellion, when he took the throne and the reason why some of the Targaryen sympathizers were okay with it was because he's, he's of the Targaryen line in a way. His grandmother was a Targaryen so it made it easier for them to accept that, that, that he was a usurper because he was a part Targaryen usurper. Oh, he fanned yeah. that shit slide like, ew! Come on, the fuck. Let's <laughs> uh, see, you making it more creepy? It's anyway. not creepy because Rhaegar, what was it? Was it? It's not like Rhaegar and Robert were sleeping together. So the fuck, what? Everybody's fam it ha- and that, It happens. In, anyway, it happens in, anyway. it happens in, anyway, it happens in situations like this. You have kings and nobles, and everybody wants to keep the money and the family. These things happen.
0: There's
1: better Thank ways, you. man. Thank
0: you, and that's the other thing, like. Like you were saying, everybody's younger in the books because this show depicts a medieval society where people lived a lot shorter lives. So everybody's younger because people were getting married, having children at a younger age, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, John and Daenerys getting together isn't really out of the question, even if they were younger and all the things. But people don't want to see that on TV. So that's why they're not casting young people to for these roles. That would just be out of control. To wrap up well, this season, is. yeah, the wall did take the L that we've been waiting for it to take. You know, the Night came came through on Viserion reborn and melted that joint down and rolled the whole army through. <laughs> and <laughs> I and mean, on the literally. <laughs> yeah, it was epic. But uh. you know, after it just it, it, it's also kind of corny to me. You know, I don't know. Just eh. why? Because it was just.
1: I mean, when remember when you saw Jamie riding out and it was snowing where he when he left, did that happen at the same time the wall fell? That's why that's what the snow represented. That hey, the snow just represented boy? that
0: because winter is here for everyone, and it's yeah. just yeah, it wasn't even about the wall falling. I don't think it's just you know that that's how it is now, and the long winter is here, and we can expect to see the whole net season wherever they're at snowed out, and you know that does bring us you know it is the end of castle Blad for the season but we do have you know what's coming up and yeah so we
1: we will be going back to season one episode one of game of thrones Mm -hmm. and running through full recaps of it so not just like um we did kind of a quick season thing but no we'll be doing full episode recaps for each episode so make sure you guys tune into that make sure you actually subscribe to us on Spotify, Yes, we are on Spotify, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, anywhere we can get your podcast. because we will, again, be running through episode one, season one, and through all the subsequent seasons until we are, what, up to speed and we are going to start talking about our predictions for season eight as we get a little closer. And yes, that's going to be quite some time before we get to that point.
0: And we will also have guests uh, host on every episode, people who haven't seen Game of Thrones at all. So, you know, it'll be fresh to it. It'll be a fresh reaction. You know, of course, Tatiana, me, and Diva will be here. But, you know, we're going to have, you know, some people you've been asking about, people you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, why you wait for that, for real? What are y'all expecting for season eight? Who do you think is going to end up on the Iron Throne? The biggest question of them all.
1: The Night King. Damn.
0: Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Cold as ice.
1: Yeah, that yeah, that's all I have. Why the Night king At this point, how how do you, how do you stop a man <laughs> that can raise the dead? Like literally, the graveyards of Westeros are his are his feeding grounds now. Like literally, he can raise the dead. There is like eight thousand years worth of dead people underneath the ground. I'm sorry. And everybody who mm. falls in battle who hasn't been burned, they're coming too. He has giants, a dragon, mammoths, ice spiders. What what do they have? What do they have? I would like to see Tyrion ride a dragon. Well, if that other fan theory holds true, he if, may if be that, able to. Yeah, if that, yeah, if that other theory is for real, I would like to see that happen. Because I mean, the, he's the only one the dragons fuck with, right?
0: And you know, we're gonna have to see John ride a dragon. I mean, he already rode the most important dragon, so he's gonna have to ride another one.
1: I hate you. (laughs) I know. I still hate you.